Hi, and welcome. Once again, you are listening to the IAVM podcast series, The Venue Coffee Break. This is episode number six, Shelley. Can you believe that? Number six. Yay, we've made it. Yeah, pretty excited. We've made it. I know. My, my, our, our podcast, down, yeah, I know. Our podcast takeover is, is slowly catching on here, catching fire. But uh, we are your hosts. I am Alexis Bergeron. I am the Director of Event Services at the New Orleans Ernestine Morial Convention Center. That's always a mouthful. And I am joined by Shelly Ellis, the General Manager of the Visalia Convention Center. We have been coming to you now for six episodes with the goal of providing you um, some venue-related trends, some, some, oh, I love this phrase, news content you crave. That's good, yeah. And uh, hopefully having some fun along the way, too. I know Shelly and I have some fun. So, Shelly, I'm going to toss it to you. You can uh, tell the audience uh, who's with us and what we're going to be talking about. Awesome. Thank you, Alexis. And so if you are not hungry right now, you're going to be hungry by the end of this show. And it is 12 <laughs> o'clock where I'm at, and so I am hungry. And we're excited to be talking about food and beverage trends. And we have Chris Carton on. Say hi, Chris. Hi. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you. Chris is with the River Center and Alder Theater in Davenport, Iowa. And they are managed by VenueWorks. So we're so happy to have him on the show today. He is the executive chef and food and beverage director. And um, we're looking forward to a great show. And we'll just get started with it and we're gonna start pretty broad but we're gonna start with the, the main question while we're here Chris what are some of the most innovative trends you are seeing in food and beverage within the venue industry well thanks again for having me I'm honored uh, what we do uh, venue works is a, is a uh, full facility management company it's across the country so we go as far west as Kennewick Washington as far east as Chesapeake Virginia and all points in between. So we have a number of different styles of operations and what we're seeing in a lot of the arenas and, and convention centers and theaters is, is, is what we're here to talk about. So some of the trends we've seen recently, um, I kind of break that up into two different segments. Uh, first, the concession side of things, which is much different in, say, an arena and, uh, and, and a theater than it may be in, in, say, the convention side of things. Concession side of things, you know, a lot of the trends that we're seeing is a lot of local and fresh and regional type type offerings. Um, of course, obviously on the healthy side, um, that trend's not a new trend. But what we're seeing in the past year or so, especially just recently, is this huge culinary uh, renaissance across the country. And uh, this big win by the United States last week at the Clausewitz is really going to spark that up. But we're on the map across the planet now, I think. And um, yeah. what we're really excited about concession-wise is really bringing a lot of those fresher ingredients out to the tables or out, you know, out to the guest offers and offerings on the menus. So we're seeing all sorts of different superfoods being used. Um, you know, not, not to take away from the standards that are always going to be there. You know, the hot dogs and, and the nachos and different variations nachos. of those. Of course, yeah, Super Bowl weekend, we have to talk about the standards. But uh, I, I think what's really I can't go to a stadium without eating nachos and beer. I'm I'm sorry to jump in, <laughs> but I, you just you said the old staples. I'm glad to hear those aren't going anywhere because that's I sort of budget for that both you know dietarily and financially. So uh, go on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it'd be a huge mistake to take those away. Um, what we see is you know <laughs> is, is a large amount of percentage of our sales comes from those standard items. But what sets it apart, I think, lately, is the fact that you can bring out those regional flair of of local ingredients, especially at the ballparks or, or you know 
any any place that's we're in the middle of the country here, so we have just an enormous amount of opportunity to tap into local food markets, local food uh, the, the food pantries, and local farmers around within 50 miles. Lots of bacon out. where you're at. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, lots of bacon here. We're actually doing an event today that's bacon driven that we'll talk about here in a little bit. Uh, on the con on the uh, cool. convention center side of things, what we're seeing with the trends is. Um, a lot of event-specific created items. So, for example, uh, meeting planner calls, and they're going to host a, a group for 500. And of course, we bring out our standard menu, and we're competing in, in our situation here. We're competing with you know, seven, eight different convention centers within 50 miles, and we see that pretty typical wow. throughout a lot of our venues. Uh, so, you have to really set yourself aside uh, apart from the rest. So what we do is we bring the groups in, we offer them a tasting, and we create dishes that are specific just to that event, brand new dishes. Um, one example of that would be, we did an event here last week, it pops in my mind, um, for, it was a tribute to a, one of the local artists, and one of his favorite dishes was a lamb dish. So we, we brought the lamb dish out, cooked it for them, um, in front of them, and it just blew them away. And that sealed the deal for us, and we landed the group. So I think a lot of the trends that are really being successful in the convention centers gear around the healthy side of things, along with interacting and creating something event-specific like that. Well, super fun. Yeah, yeah no, that's to, cool. Now we've, go ahead. Now I was going to ask, you know, do you have, have you gone to additional classes to learn about the latest trends in health when it comes to those type of superfoods? Oh yeah, when we can. Of course, at the at the IVM, we you know every year there's a number of people from our company there, and they're attending all of those type of uh, seminars. Uh, the NRA show in Chicago offers a number of those, and mm. all spread out through across the country. If if you're searching for that type of thing, you can attach yourself to any one of those organizations and attend their their programs. Uh, yeah. We were at one recently in downtown Chicago that was on uh, in the Navy Pier complex that was all geared around seafood. Um, and, you know, we came out of there with you know, 50 new ideas. So, <laughs> what I recommend is if somebody's really interested, or they feel maybe they're stuck in a rut, or they're really trying to gain an edge on their competitors, is get out to these shows and, and make some interaction and try some new things and engage. You know, sure. you know not that there's anything yeah. wrong with the standard standard tries uh, menus. You know, but uh, we we like to really set ourselves above what's happening around us. So I think that's that's a sure. good thing. The farm to table well, products. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say what, you were about to launch into farm table, and I think that that plays into you know what you're talking about in terms of of the healthy options and things like that. But I'm, before we kind of get too far along, I want to ask you both with the healthy options. You know, obviously we're all seeing uh, growing numbers of guests with you know dietary restrictions. I mean, either really driven by their dietary restrictions, or frankly just by choice. I mean, are these emerging gluten-free, dairy-free types of menus. I mean, do you see that as um, sort of the new normal, or do you think that this might just kind of be a, a passing trend? You said earlier, healthy has always been here, healthy here to stay. But what about some of those more, um, you know, targeted style, menu, you know, uh, diet choices? Well, I think that they're here to stay. Um, what we're okay. seeing, it, it, we're dealing with this every day. So a lot of what we do is, is, is make sure we have concession menu offerings that are on the healthy side that are gluten-free or that fit along a paleo diet. On the convention center side, what we do is, um, and this is for every single group that we bring in here, you know, the sales departments, of course, they work very closely with the clients, and we find out exactly what their dietary needs are. We may run into a situation where we have five or six different styles of 
be it vegans or paleo or gluten-free or octo-vegan, all these number of different scenarios. What we try to do is create a dish that fits all of them. And we might end up with one or two, but it takes away from doing a plated dinner for five courses for 800 people where you're trying to deal with you know, a dozen or so special meals that don't match anything else you're doing, which becomes logistically crazy. You know, it, can, it can be done, but by simplifying um, those type of special diet needs into one dish, um, for example, a, a gluten-free and a vegan dish um, that we use you know, here recently has a base of, of uh, black quinoa, and then it has a, a marinated tempeh product, which is a soy uh, fermented almost like a brick product that you can grill, which is just jacked with protein. And then we'll use yeah. a local vegetable um, around as the garnish. So we have we have a starchy grain, which, which uh, I shouldn't say starchy, but a very high in protein grain, along with a main component, which you know somebody who's a vegan will appreciate that if they see tempeh on an offering instead of just a plate of vegetables over rice, which is you know, what was happening yeah. back in the 80s. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> Well, I think I did the food so well. I am hungry. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> those, but I, yeah, those special meals are here to stay. And, and octo-vegan? Uh, well, there's a yeah. number. There's 10 or 12 different styles of vegans. There, there's vegans that can just eat fish. There's vegans that can't eat dairy. There's vegans that, that you know, can, can, can have dairy in their diet. I guess it would be octo-vegetarian more than a vegan. But there's a number of different styles of vegetarianism out there, different diets, especially wow. uh, with the yoga trends that are here and, and, and the diversity that we have in communities that are, you know, like us, we're 600,000 strong within 30, 40 miles. So yeah. it kind of depends. Yeah. Well, I think it's you know, some of the larger cities like what you're in, you're probably running across all sorts of different requirements and different requests. Oh, Absolutely. I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, yeah, we're, we're, we're getting those requests just like everybody else. I mean, I think the, the, the one place that we we'll probably get a little lucky in, in that people come to New Orleans and they want to eat the food here. So we don't, we don't have to reinvent the wheel every time, you know what I mean? But we certainly, both as a destination and as a venue, like to your point, we, we want people to eat here and feel like they've experienced the food of New Orleans. And so I think, you know, especially on our you know, you mentioned concessions and uh, retail and things like that. On our retail side, too, you know, we don't want to just be sort of your run-of-the-mill, you know, nachos and beer. It's, it's, you know, we want to, we want, to, we want people to have a po' boy here and felt like they had a po' boy in New Orleans. So, no, I, I yeah, yeah absolutely. Very interesting where that's where it's going and, and, and where it's been and where we're going to be in the next year or so. You know, what we're seeing a lot in the stadiums. Um, we actually use the Fenway Park. Uh, model. They're, they have gardens there in Fenway Park, and we all know that, and, and they're utilizing the gardens within the concessions and the luxury suites and different things. So what we've introduced okay. in the Venue Works uh, Corporation is in a, a few of our properties is taking the landscaping that's out in front of, say, the River Center. Uh, this was our first year doing it this past year. Instead of using landscaping in front of the large windows that are along the front of the building, we turn that into into River Center Gardens. And there's 110 different species of everything ranging from heirloom tomatoes to herbs, to different vegetables, root vegetables, um, just a number of different things. We can take a client out during the tasting and walk through that and help them create a dish that fits for whatever their special needs might be or whatever they might be interested in talking about. So it's just another way to kind of set things apart. But what we're seeing coming out of Boston is really what sparked that. They have gardens on the roof. They, they have full-time staff that takes care of those gardens, and they require the, the subcontracted, even the subcontracted concessionaires, to use some of that product. So 
it's just fascinating what's happening. That's awesome. That's awesome. I think it's great. You're you're kind of creating an, a second experience. You're just not here for a tasting, a boring tasting, try new food, but let's let's take you outside. Let's pick the tomatoes that are going to be on your plate. Yeah. You have to, you're just by the way that you're um, telling us what you do at um, the River Center Alder Theater, it's, you have to be open-minded. You know, what is out there? Get out of the kitchen. I know it's hard to sometimes, but go to these conferences, be open-minded, and be willing to uh, go beyond what's on your menu that you can find online. And it just sounds amazing, this landscaping garden. I'm just thinking of just grass areas I, and, on my property. I'm just like, what can we do with that? <laughs> I, it's, oh, there isn't I a know. single person I, that I'm doesn't drive by. Yeah, it's crazy. It's not a single person doesn't drive by or walk by that that doesn't catch their eye. And we put some sure. neat signage out, and the marketing department got involved. And it's amazing how that really took off. Well, yeah, your original idea was to 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 piggyback on top of the Fenway Park, uh, what they're doing there, and be rooftop. Uh, our building's a little older at this property. Uh, we have some newer newer buildings at some of our other properties, but that wasn't an option for us. So then it just it, it ended up being. Um, uh, Russ is our senior VP of food and beverage, and ended up being something that you know he suggested. Maybe we bring it a little closer. And now, now we're out right in front of the people. Um, he has yeah. us doing the tastings inside the kitchen, which is the traditional um, chef's table type atmosphere. Yeah. So we're we've taken a whole new approach to kind uh, of interacting with our potential clients. And some of them have booked already, or reserved the space, or dropped a deposit. But that kind of helps us seal the deal. And those that haven't committed. We don't see many that, that don't jump on at that point when we're in the kitchen and there's chefs around in the whites and the tall hat and, and we're engaged with the gardens and we're creating dishes for them as we're talking. It adds a whole new element. So I think that that's really uh, where the innovative trends need to come from. It needs to come from the chefs who, who originally started in the business, lured in by you know, opportunities to be creative and be artists and you know, it's not what's happening on the Food Network and that type of thing. That's that's not the world we live in, you know, although it's fun and, and we all get glued to that type of thing on TV. But what we really do day to day really has nothing to do with what happens on those type of things. Yeah. So it's that's very interesting. Point to see, about uh, you, Alexis, but I don't have a green thumb, so I definitely <laughs> would need to work on that one. You know, no, not 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 really my strong suit either. But uh, yeah, I just love the 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 panache and the, the way you said it is perfect, Shelley, about the experience of kind of walking by the gardens with with the chef and and looking at the products that you can use. That that's just awesome. So to kind of stick with the innovation theme, and and I and I don't want to alienate any of our listeners that aren't in you know meetings and conventions, but obviously Shelley and I are. And so something that we talk a lot about here um, is. And, and and stay with me. We we talk about what the meeting room of the future looks like, right? So you know, is it, uh, it what kind of technology is in the meeting rooms? What kind of furniture is in the meeting rooms? So I want to take that a step further and stick with food and beverage and ask you, what's the what's the boxed lunch of the future? I mean, the boxed lunch is such a staple. Is it is it a bento box? Is it delivered to where you're sitting in the convention center? What it, what do you think, Chris? What does that what does that mean to you? The boxed lunch of the future. Well, I, I don't I think you're ever going to get away from needing box launches in conference center atmosphere, so we, we better get on board with creating something that, that, that really grabs a hold of somebody. I think, you know, the box launches of the future consists of, you know, maybe somebody's walking through the line and creating it as they're, as they're going. That kind of has that fast, casual concept where that looks great. I'll have this, I'll have those vegetables, or I'll have that rice and that grain, and then that becomes their box launch. Or... 
you know, and, and, you know, that would be one atmosphere you could go after, but maybe smoked foods, paninis, raw foods, anything in the super group, uh, super foods type groups, um, low sugar, low carbs. Uh, I, I really think Thai food has really taken off um, yeah. the banh mi type approach. I think there's an enormous opportunity to really keep that those menus diverse and away from the old school, here's your chicken salad croissant and here's your bag of chips and your apple and pick up your drink at the end of the line. <laughs> don't forget the cookie. Yeah, please, whatever you uh, do. It I'd be, be interested in hearing what other members are doing, you know, maybe a poll, you know, that Greg could um, put out, you know, what other, what are others doing for their box lunch? And I'd be interested in seeing that here. as well. I'd, I'd really That'd like to fun. see what they're doing for the beverage side. Uh, one thing that we're introducing uh, corporate-wide is, you know, just for a tea station, for example, um, we, you, you, it's whole leaf teas. So as you approach the table, you have a number of different jars in front of you and the servers behind the table helping you, and you create your own tea bag out of the assortment that's that's loose leaf and, and fresh and, and open. Wow. Um, it'd be neat to see you know, a box lunch type pickup that had a smoothie station attached to it, and you can pick your protein and your berries or your vegetables or whatever it is you're going you're gonna to you know, run through the smoothie type machines. That's a great somebody idea. Could, if somebody could create something that fast where it's still grab and go, and you're still mm -hmm. within that fast casual concept, I think that's where box lunches need, need, need to, that type of direction needs to happen. I, you know what? I'm following you. I love it. I, yeah, I love all that. That tea station's a great idea. And the smoothie station, that's a, yeah, hello, no-brainer. That's great. It's like noting note to self. <laughs> I know. I, I know. I got really quiet because I started taking a lot of notes. So so forgive me if 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 I, if I go radio silent for a minute. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> well, these these aren't brand new concepts. You know, there's a lot of people that are doing these already. Um, what we see is some of our other properties is you know interactive yogurt stations, um, you know, yeah. attached with the smoothie bars or you know the. Um, the, the puree juicers that you you know you walk up and, and take care of. We do that as a standard across company wide and backstage catering areas where of course there's juicers oh, yeah. and, a, and an assortment of ten or fifteen things out there. Why can't that be out there for the conference and our guests or out there as a portable in a concession atmosphere? Sure. Uh, these aren't these aren't well, new concepts. Somebody's doing it already. Um, you know the yeah. idea as chefs is, is is to latch onto an idea and then turn it into your own to create create the next level of that same concept. Absolutely. Well, and, and gosh, we got so much to talk about, but, but before before we leave this, the one thing I do want to mention, too, is I think as we talk about, uh, you know, catering offerings and even box lunches and, and retail and, and concessions, I something that I think is coming into more focus for me, too, is just the importance of the aesthetics of simply how something is presented as well. Not even just, you know, it, it, does it come in a, a, a paper bowl or something like that, but what what are the aesthetics of the of the retail location, right? If you're going to be selling, um, you know, I'll just use New Orleans example, Lucky Dogs hot dogs. Are we telling the story of Lucky Dogs? Do people understand what that what that is? And then the other thing that I saw today that just really rang true for me is, you know, is it good enough not to eat, but is it good enough to tweet? You know what I mean? It, it's got to look good. That's what's going to, you know, kind of pass it pass it through the social media as if somebody's going to take a picture because it looks just that darn good and send it off to, you know, everybody in their network. So I think that's an important kind of trend that we're seeing too. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Shelly, what, what, what do you got? Yeah. 
Well, you mentioned you have an event going on tonight or this weekend that you wanted to share with us. What do you got going yeah, on? Yeah, one, one thing we were going to talk about today was um, how to generate sales basically from thin air. Um, something that you know we all we're all challenged with. We're we're capped out with space or we're capped out with, you know, at the Monday through Wednesday empty building syndrome and you know, one thing that we're seeing a lot in, in a lot of our venue works properties is the creation of site specific in the house events. So uh, an example of that is something we have here tonight at the River Center is the Bacon Beer Fest. So we bring in uh, forty different beer vendors. There's hundred and twenty craft beer selections. Um, you know, there's there's some there's some logistical things that come along with that, the licensing and the three ounce samples and you know the 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 proper security and that type of thing that comes along with any of our events. But we've created an event. This is our third year running. That's probably going to have around fifteen hundred to two thousand people, and five hundred of that's going to be walk up. There's two bands. There's fourteen chefs, and we're all creating dishes using baking. And and, uh, and and going after you know a six foot high trophy. It's just it's super <laughs> fun. A lot just a riot. No publicity That's for awesome. it. It's just taken off. It's just crazy. I don't eat a lot of bacon personally. It's just not it's not good for you. But uh, you know in moderation, <laughs> right? Tonight is all about <laughs> indulging. There's a yeah. there's, you know well you know the July Fourth hot dog uh, Nathan's competition. We we did one with bacon. So there's six contestants oh my tonight. Gosh. They have a platter of bacon in front of them. That's you know foot high. We can't see their face behind the platter. And they have a time limit and they just go crazy on this. And what we saw oh last year was, you know, five, six hundred people gathering around this competition going on. So we're making that a, a focal point tonight. Which uh, it's just wow. fascinating to see something like that take off where we didn't have anything booked. Uh, you know, Super Bowl Friday, there wasn't anything happening tonight. Um, just luck yeah. of the draw that we locked in on this date and First started out as a summer date, and then we turned it into you know a, a winter date, kind of a cabin fever target in February month, and then that that turned into kicking off your Super Bowl weekend with with bacon and beer. That's pretty exciting. Chris, you have me at bacon piled so high you can't see their faces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, jump on our website. There will be some pictures on there tonight. It's just crazy. This is that's, absolutely that's a great fun. event. The the venue venue works facility in Kennewick, Washington, the Three Rivers Convention Center, where I previously was a year ago. Um, I was um, part of the, the first one they did, their year three here in about a week or two, and it's it's sold out every, every year, first, second, and most likely will sell out this year as well. And, you know, like you said, Alexis, you can't go wrong with bacon and beer. And I don't think so. Fun no. night. I mean, Chris, yeah, Chris can be healthy. Chris can, Chris can do his thing, but I'm going to be eating my bacon. Thank you. <laughs> and indulge all you like. But that's an example of creating an in-house event that to, 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 to create top-line sales and create talk and conversation and traffic through your building, which turns into who knows what else. You know, another example mm -hmm. is um, these co-op type. Uh, restaurants. I was in Denver recently, and I ate at a co-op restaurant. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. What that is, is I, I've never seen it before. Well, I'm from the Midwest, we're usually two or three years behind what's happening in a place like Denver. <laughs> <laughs> and what happened was, I walk into this property, and, and the the building owner, he's doing the, the the beverage side of things, so he has a full service bar, and then he brings in food trucks and builds panels around them. So he had six or seven different food trucks, and he calls it a co-op restaurant. This place was jamming packed. And every uh, every few weeks or so, a new round of trucks comes in. So it's just fascinating. So one of the events we're working on is a food truck 
um, frenzy type event. We had it at, a, at one of our properties in the Tumwa over the summer, and they did a terrific job with it. So we're all kind of taking that concept and trying to build on top of it, where you bring the food trucks into the into the expo hall. Again, you know, there's some logistical things going on with that as far as you know how they're able to cook and things that chefs kind of work their way through, and what kind of gas they can use and how the exhaust is going to work. But the idea is 15 food trucks in the building to create the food truck frenzy and it's a six or seven hour long event on, a, on say wow. a Friday night or a Saturday afternoon into the evening. Uh, what they did in the was turn that into a fireworks show afterwards. Which oh, wow. The turnout was just insane. It was terrific. But those are the so let me ask you this. Yeah, no, I, I love that idea and of course food trucks are, I think is another thing that just aren't going away and, and venues that aren't like trying to progressively figure out how to partner with them are probably Absolutely. you know missing out. So. I, you know, for an event like that, are you making your your proceeds, you know, via a a gate, um, you know, a, a, something that people have to pay to get in? Are you are you doing kind of a buyout from the trucks? Do they have to pay to exhibit, so to speak? I'm just kind of curious how that works because well, what we've know, seen is a uh, sure, sure. I see where you're going. You know? Yeah, what we've seen is um, there's a few of these events out there. We've seen one one event where, uh, not that we've modeled off any of these, we're kind of creating our own our own niche with this. One option would be, you know, 10% of each of the food truck sales comes back to the venue, uh, or, or 5%, or whatever that may be. Um, you know, the example of what we're doing is covering the temporary food license to be here and bring their own food in under our under our building roof. So we, we cover that license fee. Um, we're not looking for any percentage off, off, of, off of what they're making. What they make, they keep. What we care about is traffic in the building and, and yeah, the, yeah, the gates and the bar sales and creating wow. you know, an environment for the city municipality that we're in that, that creates traffic for downtown area, which is good for everybody. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Shelly, are you guys doing anything like that, you know, in-house produced, you know, specific food and beverage events? We haven't. Um, I've just um, been here just about a year, and so we actually are going to be doing a beer and bacon. <laughs> so oh, our terrific. first one's going to be July 29th, so we're still in the planning stages, but um, I think it's such a great concept, and obviously there's logistics, but it's, it's pretty simple. You just get the partnerships with perhaps your beverage um, distributor or, and local breweries and restaurants. And we're conveniently located a um, block from downtown, so we have over 50 restaurants just in walking distance. But um, I think it'll do fantastic. And so that's the only one right now that's in-house promoted. But look to expand that, because I think it only just brings in new revenue. And it's fun to plan stuff like that. So what about you yeah. guys over there in New Orleans? We yeah, we uh, you know what we actually have two events that we do in house, kind of geared around the food and beverage piece. Um, we've got a a farm to table conference that we actually host. Um, that that is you know very much what it sounds like. It's it's more of a kind of a discussion uh, you know with some folks that are trying to source foods locally, connect um, providers with with restaurateurs and and catering companies and things like that, and and sort of just a. Uh, it's it's a discussion of, of how how better to do that, how to you know continue the the trend certainly, and then we also do a um, a chef's taste challenge. So Chris, to your point about we don't we don't live in the food network, no, but we try. <laughs> so we actually bring in um, several several chefs uh, and several that you've actually seen on you know shows like Top Chef and things like that, um, as well as some of our our local um, you know if 
if you will, celebrity chefs um, and do a, a chef's taste challenge. And, and so, again, we sell tickets to that, and, and there's a lot of sponsorship money there and bring in some, you know, quote-unquote celebrity judges. So we, we do a couple of things a year, um, you know, really kind of geared around those, those efforts. And they're both, they're both, they're both really popular and, and pretty successful, but, God, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to, to see that kind of creativity in the food and beverage world, and that's probably because I just really like to eat. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> we <laughs> want the terrific. leftovers. <laughs> I know, that I know. That sounds like a great well, event. It's fun. Well, you know, here we are again. We always fly through a half an hour and just don't know where, where the time has gone. But I think we'd be remiss in not, like, you know, talking about something really big that's happening here in the next couple of days, which is the Super Bowl. And um, we got the Super Bowl on Sunday. We talked a little bit before we got started about what, what your plans are this weekend. What, what do you think... Uh, what, what do you think the snacks should be this weekend that, that you, the listeners can make that will just wow everybody? I think you have to prepare something for each team. Um, what, 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 what my <laughs> wife and I do, we, we stay home. We don't, we don't go anywhere. We have an open door policy with some friends and family that come over and they, they can bring something that they like or not. But one of the dishes we're doing for New England is just a simple chowder. And we're going to have seafood in it, not, not just clam chowder, but we're going to do a New England style chowder. Um, I think you got you got to do something to represent that, oh, yeah. uh, and then I think there's also an opportunity to represent you know the South. So we're going to have uh, some venison smoked charcuterie type trays with different cheeses and crackers and different smoked meats. Uh, and of course, we'll have the staples, the guacamole, chips and dips, and vegetables and things like that. But I think everybody needs to have a great time with their menu. Plan something, spend some time at your local markets, and try something different. Oh God! Now I'm hungry. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll so you said you're doing your door. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Come. I know. <laughs> Bring your cupcakes, Shelly. Those sounded good too. Yeah, sure we'll be making some more cupcakes. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Well, no, we are so appreciative. appreciate you. So. Yeah, I feel like we need for, to have part two shit. on this. So maybe here in a couple I, months yeah. we'll have um, part two of this um, call because we could definitely expand. There's a few things we weren't able to get to, but um, we'll definitely look I'm forward sorry, to I'm sorry. I talk a lot, but I would love to come No, out. this is all great. So <laughs> I just take a snapshot of my my paper and my notes and just shows how much <laughs> I think great content we have. So hopefully everyone listening has some great things to bring back to their venue. So, you know, thank you, Chris. Thank you, Alexis. Thank you, Greg, you know, yeah, helping Greg. us out here. So thank you. Yeah, I think Engineer we have a live show. At I think we should, we should, when we do our live show at Vineyard Connect, we should have, you know, a taste testing or something. That'd be fun. Oh, there you go. That's a great idea. There Come in. All uh, right. We're going to hold you to that, Chris. Don't you worry. Well, yes, as, as Shelly said, thank you to our guests. Thank you to our, our engineer, Greg. And Shelly, thank you, as always, and, and to, to all of our listeners. Um, we just have so much fun with this. And, and if you have any questions, Chris, is there a place that, uh, that folks can contact you for any follow-up they might have? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Just Google River Center or the Adler Theater, um, A-D-L-E-R is the Adler Theater, and then the River Center is one word, River Center. Google that, it'll pop up our websites. Um, our contacts are on there. There's a number of different ways to, to reach us, and, and some of our events are posted on there, so enjoy. Outstanding. Well, wonderful. Well, thank you all again for your time, and as always, uh, feel free to reach out to us, offer any topics that you may want to hear about in the future. Uh, Shelly and I are open to all suggestions and uh, participation. So uh, once again, have a great weekend, and um, I'm going to say it, go Hawks. That's me. I had to say it. Yeah. Anybody else, anybody else putting their money out there? 
That's really good. Nope, I'm, I'm all for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Take care. Yep. Bye-bye.